magical town of Cookie Jar is about to meet an unexpected guest. My name's Hannah Harper. I'm with National Foods. Jay Carter. Hannah. Will she take over the town's cookie factory? This is a very generous offer. Before he steals her heart. Why don't you come to my aunt's for dinner tonight? Professional dinner? I thought you said we were going to talk about business. I said we were going to talk. Jill Wagner. It takes a little bit of love to make something really special. Christmas Cookies. On Hallmark Channel. And we're back for yet another stocking stuffer here at the Feminine Critique. I'm Emily, and today I will be talking about, as you heard from that really bad audio, I apologize it wasn't loud, uh, but that was the trailer for Christmas Cookies, part of the Hallmark Channel, and I believe this is one of the new ones for this year, 2016. Now, as everybody knows, 2016 has been kind of a crazy year. For the world, right? A lot of shit's gone down. Um, so, you know, it's curious to see if, uh, you know, maybe compared to 2015 to 2015, if the Hallmark Channel would have addressed any of that or maybe made any tweaks for a new world, if you will. And God, no. No, 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 no. All right. Christmas Cookies is directed by James Head, who, aside from having a great porn name, was the director of last year's Once Upon a Holiday. And if you would listen to that episode last year, you'll remember it was um, it was one of the special ones, guys, because it was clearly one of the last ones they made or one of the last ones they cast. This is the one that starred Brianna Evigal from the Step Up movies um, as a European princess, because when you think European princess, you think um, like, you know, 25-year-old, very, very American actress who speaks like a 90-year-old smoker. Uh so James Head is back once again with Christmas cookies. And yeah, the title of the movie is about as um, exciting as the movie itself. So I'll give you a quick plot rundown. Uh, Jill Wagner, who you might remember from the movie that Christine and I often talk about with raves, Splinter, that little horror movie. Uh, the lead from that, uh, she is now in Christmas cookies. Um what hey man everybody's everybody's got to work right everybody's got cats to feed i guess so she plays a character named hannah and hannah is a corporate something career driven um she just really wants to advance in her career which everybody knows is evil uh but she's not really painted as being like a bad person she just works very hard um she's like really against christmas and i don't Either they said it so quietly or I just missed it, but they never really explained why. So she just doesn't want to do traditional stuff and tries to get her away from Christmas stuff. Uh, And she is taxed the week before Christmas to go to this small town called Cookie Jar. No, seriously, the town is called Cookie Jar. And Cookie Jar is famous because in this town is where Aunt Sally's Cookie Factory is. And Aunt Sally's Cookie Factory, of course, is a company that makes cookies and they're delicious and everybody loves them oh my god and the entire town is like powered by aunt sally's cookie jar uh or aunt sally i'm sorry the town of cookie jar is powered by aunt sally's cookies i don't know why they couldn't just rename the town or rename the company to cookie jar they are making it very hard for me and i realize i'm probably the only person who's going to spend 20 minutes talking about this movie but still i matter guys anyway so 
Uh, Hannah is, this factory is not doing well, uh, but the company has like a really good reputation and stuff. So Hannah works for a company called National Foods and National Foods uh, wants to buy Aunt Sally's cookie jar company. Uh, And of course, they'll just do a corporate takeover. They'll, you know, buy it for a fair price, compensate everybody, but jobs will move to, get this, Buffalo. Now, I am not a film historian. I do not have credentials, but I think it's fair to say this is probably the first movie, at least the first Christmas movie, where the unseen villain of the story is upstate New York, Buffalo. Uh, so the townspeople, of course, don't want this to happen. The person in charge of the factory is the nephew of dead Aunt Sally. Uh, his name is something. I wish I cared. I think it's Jake. Uh, and Jake doesn't want to sell because, like, he really, this really is the heart of the town. Everybody in town works for Aunt Sally's. And he doesn't want to lose that tradition, guys. Christmas is all about tradition, you know. Uh, so he's really reluctant. She's trying really hard to make the sale. Um... He's trying not to. Crazy plot twist. You don't see this coming. Like, for miles away, you have no idea what's going to happen. But can you guess it? Can anybody out there guess it? I don't think they can. So I'm just going to tell you. They fall in love. Kinda, I guess. I don't know. She has another boyfriend that she doesn't like because he's really lame. Uh, He somehow is like this handsome, rich bachelor in town and yet doesn't have anybody. Uh... But clearly there's feelings there, but they just, he, you know, the factory's not making money. What are they going to do? They still need corporate savior. So, uh, the, her boss happens to end up in the town. Um, the train leaves. Now they're stuck there. Uh, they're going to make the big announcement that they did indeed sell to national foods, but then, twist of everything hannah realizes that nobody no one person has the recipe that the recipe isn't part of the company the recipe is within the employees because they all make like one part of the thing so this lady knows the recipe for the icing and this guy knows the recipe for the dough and so on so therefore they can't just buy the name they have to buy the people uh which somehow spun into a good thing uh so i guess it sort of ends with the company is saved it's going to be saved by national foods but it'll still be aunt sally's and i guess hannah's giving up her corporate life in an unnamed city in order to um be with jake and go sledding and do a bunch of christmas traditions and eat a lot of cookies uh that is christmas cookies it is as dangerous a movie as it sounds it also is a winner when it comes to hitting all the tropes and by that i mean within the first like under two minutes Uh, We learn about how wonderful the town is because we get a news clip of all the people in town just saying, I love Cookie Jar. It's a small town that matters. Everybody matters in Cookie Jar. So within the first two minutes, we get honest small town. Within the first four minutes, we meet like the rich corporate boyfriend who hates everything positive. And within the first, I think, six minutes, we get our sassy sidekick. So this one, like efficient as fuck. So let's dive in. Uh, Number one, our lead in need of a lesson, and we do go the traditional route here. Uh, We have a young woman who is a career woman, who is a corporate woman, who corporate business, uh, trade secrets, yada, yada. And, uh, you know, she's not mean, like, she's a little bit brusque. She's a little bit city, if you will. So when she gets off her the train into cookie jar it's very like ew what is this place why are people smiling kind of thing 
Uh, and she even gets to say like three times, this is an actual line of dialogue. Business is why I'm here. So that's everything you need to know about her. She will learn a lesson. It will all end well, but she is exactly what you want from this kind of movie. Uh, same as number two, our setting, our charming small town. And first we take a detour into New York. We start there and New York, um, I, I need to have like a sound effect for air quotes. Cause really this is the most air quoted New York ever. It's the typical establishing shot of a skyline. Uh, and then we see, uh, Hannah and her corporate boyfriend, like riding a carriage through central park, uh, Air quote, air quote, air quote, Central Park. It also is very clear that it is not winter anywhere. Um, Like, you can see them sweating in their winter gear as they're sitting on this poor, you know, uh, horse carriage. Uh, So that's, you know, evil corporation, city, and then charming small town. And my God, this small town. First of all, uh, no big stars in this movie, right? Jill Wagner, I mean, I watched it and thought, ah, she looked familiar. I don't think anybody else recognized her from Splinter. That is the target audience for this movie. Uh, None of the other supporting characters really popped out as being famous in any way. The male lead was on a couple of episodes of True Blood. I don't watch True Blood, but I said to my husband, do you recognize him from True Blood? And he said no. So whatever that means. Uh... What I'm getting at is that the budget for this movie, and again, my I think these are all made for like under $50,000 each, uh, but the budget clearly went to one thing. The, uh, I guess, James Head or whoever it was that was overseeing this movie said, all right, what's really important, I need to establish this small town, get me the best fucking snow machine that money can buy, because I'm going to have snow everywhere. There's always going to be snow coming down. It can be digital snow. I'm going to have a bunch of, you know, I'm going to have the young crew just tear up paper and throw it at the cast when uh, when they're off screen, because I want fucking snow in this movie. And guys, there is a lot of fake snow. So much fake snow. If you have like a weird fetish for fake snow, this is the movie for you. Uh, that in Cookie Jar, the town of Cookie Jar, lots of snow. Uh, there's also something to thinking for this town that it's suffering, you know, they don't have money. Here's a thought. Perhaps if instead of spending your entire city budget on about 72 different Christmas tradition events, maybe you'd have money to invest in like industry or something. So we get in like the course of the week, this poor woman is stuck in this town. We get a gingerbread uh, contest. We get a sledding contest. We get a putting up the tree contest or putting up a tree like event. We then get a separate lighting of the tree and then a separate decorating of the tree. And then there's a Christmas Eve dance. Like, I, I mean, I get it's a small town, so they don't have, I don't know, like New York, there's always something going on. You can always do something or you just sit home and watch Netflix. I guess this town just has none of those things. So every single evening it's 1952 and they have to come to the town square for a a town square dance. Uh, There's a lot of Christmas cheer and it is insufferable. Um, But don't worry if you love that kind of thing. Our lead saves the town. And by saves the town, I'm not just saying that like figuratively. I mean, literally a character says to her at the end of the movie, you saved this town, which I would like to say was also spoken in Christmas Incorporated, the first movie we covered this month. Now, moving on, number three, our bland love interest. In this case, we get, uh, I forgot his name. He's an actor, Wes 
black, West Brown, I think. Um, handsome man, as they always are. Uh, he is the heir to Aunt Sally's, um, and is like, okay, first of all, there's nothing to him. As usual, he's good looking and there's just no personality, no spark, no anything. And it's kind of a shame because, again, we have another case where the actress uh, is actually really good and likable and I could have really rooted for something here, but there's just no chemistry because this guy is just a good looking piece of wood. Um, so the love interest, uh, he's introduced as like a switcheroo where at first you think he's somebody else. So, whoa. Uh, and everybody in town loves him and just, I, but he's really dull. Um, and he's like the good guy. Cause he's, I don't know. He tips the waitress well and, uh, does things and he really just wants to save the town and doesn't care about money on his end and all that. So there he is. He's your typical guy. Uh, but, but he's also really infuriating because here's the thing. Hannah was sent to this town to complete a deal for her career. And it's very important to her. And like, she's there on business, like serious work business. And this guy is making her so fucking uncomfortable because, so there's, like, chemistry, apparently. I mean, we don't get it, but the character, the movie tells us there is. But, like, she's, like, trying to just be like, okay, no, but work, okay, but no, paperwork, okay, but no, read the contract. And he's just hitting on her and being weird. And the end of the movie, like, he's like, well, why don't you come to the down dance with me? And she's like, uh, because I'm supposed to be working with you. It's uncomfortable. It's a little bit sexual harassment-y. Uh, and I just thought, not cool. However, I'm not the target Lifetime audience, Hallmark audience, pardon my French. Uh, so, I don't know. Apparently, this is what women want out there. Uh, number four uh, is our montage. Now, we get a few that I guess qualify. Like, they're not montages specifically, but they're scenes where some physical activity is going on and there's a song playing. Uh, we get that twice. So, we get that once where there's... Uh, What's her name? Hannah, dude, and token cloying child, we'll get to her, uh, go sledding. And so it's like, they go sledding and a Christmas song plays. And then later there's a gingerbread contest where you see Hannah walking around as Christmas plays. So I think those kind of qualify. Moving on, dead parents. Yes, I think so. Um, Jake says that he's adopted. Aunt Sally adopted him. So first of all, I don't know why I didn't call her mom, but whatever. Uh, Secondly, uh... I think Hannah's parents are dead based on the way her and her sister interact. Either I just missed them coming out and saying that, or they didn't, like, that accidentally got cut. So I think, like, two characters who clearly have parents that aren't no longer there, so I'm going to say yes for dead parents. Um, Number six is our sassy sidekick, and yes, we do get one. Uh, we meet early on, and like, again, as I said, two minutes into the film, Hannah's younger sister, who is typically the way this works, as we said, you either go for like a older or chubbier woman to be your sidekick, or you have a character who has a sister who's cute, but not hot the way our lead is hot. So Jill Wagner is a beautiful woman. Um, like she's, I mean, she is like, I, I think she's hot. I think most people would say, yeah, she's hot. Uh, and her sister's really cute. Like, and she's pretty, but I think the typical, like, if you were, I don't know, doing conventional attractiveness, you would say, oh, but she's cute. Uh, and her thing is she just really likes cookies. Like, that's kind of what her thing is. Um, 
so at the beginning she's very exciting about excited about her sister gets to go to this cookie town because apparently like every body spends one christmas at cookie jar because it's so christmasy and stuff so she's like oh my god you get to go that's exciting and then at the end of the film she just shows up in cookie jar and ends up being the one to give the suggestion she says something about a recipe and that makes hannah realize oh my god i can save the town based on this so we're, we're doing really well guys we're at six at six out of six right now um unfortunately we do lose out on an evil woman character Uh, We just don't have one. Like, and part of it is because Hannah's supposed to kind of be, you know, she's business, so she's a minor villain for a while. Um, Her boss is, you know, corporate man, but very quickly that changes and he's like not the the evil corporate man. So sadly, no evil woman character. Uh, Slapstick, there's a lot of sledding going on and a lot of falling out of sleds. And I think it's supposed to be funny, so we'll count that. Sage old person number nine. Don't worry, we're back. We got one. Her name is Betty. She owns and runs the bed and breakfast in town. Of course she does. Uh, She also was an old friend of Aunt Sally, so therefore she is loaded with wisdom about what cookies mean. Uh, She is often giving deep Christmas quotes that involve puns, my favorite of which was, Christmas after I think she's like serving pumpkin pie as she says this and she's also trying to give some advice about the meaning of the holidays and she gets to say Christmas is what you bake it get it get it play on words totally there uh and then Santa Claus number 10 sadly we don't get one uh it's I'm not gonna lie it's very disappointing I mean we have like of Santa Claus that we see, and there are cookies that people eat Santa Claus, technically. Um, but we we don't get one. So we're at 8 out of 10. However, we do rack up a few bonus points. Um, public domain holiday song. Oh my god, there are so many. Uh, it's just, this is kind of like when you... Christmas time, like, you know, if you go into a mall or you go anywhere where they're playing the radio... This movie is just, that's the soundtrack to it. There's so many songs just always being played, uh, including um, like a very sort of pop style Noel version, which is not nearly as fun as I'm making it sound. Uh, we also, we don't get product placement, but my God, do we get an annoying child. Uh, so it is one of the townspeople's children. And remember, in this town, everybody's very close, so there's this family that has one daughter who's going to Princeton, uh, if, you know, as long as the town, the factory doesn't close. And then she has a younger sister who, like, um, Jake, for whatever reason, is sort of like her godfather, so he just does all the stuff with her. And she sings, guys, she sings, and, like, not even a good Christmas song. She sings Oh Christmas Tree, which is, like, the most tedious song to listen to sung badly. Uh, and we have to hear it. I mean, I have to hear it. You don't have to hear it because you're probably not going to watch this movie, but I did, okay? Uh, There is no ice skating, no Canadianisms that I caught. Uh, This could have been filmed. Apparently, a lot of these are also filmed in Utah. Could have been there, but it also just looks so warm. So it might have also been like, what is it, North Carolina and Georgia where they film a bunch of stuff now. So that is Christmas Cookies. Ah, it's a movie. It's a Hallmark movie. It's a very... Typical Hallmark movie. Uh, Is there anything to recommend about it? No. Uh, I mean, it's a little bit more watchable than Christmas Incorporated, which is the other very typical Hallmark movie I covered this month. Um, 
it is less entertaining than I'm Not Ready for Christmas. Uh, it's just not as funny. It's not as anything. Like, the romance isn't anything. Um, the town is not really cute. Like, I don't really want to live in this town. Uh, I forgot to say there is a diner, a local diner that serves pie, and that's a big thing. Uh, it, if it's escapism, I don't really know what anybody's escaping to. They're escaping to living in a town where you have to be really good friends with all of your neighbors, which sounds insufferable to me. Uh, Jill Wagner is, is good. Like I said, she makes it, I think she, it's where you can see the difference where you compare something like this to Christmas Incorporated, um, which is really in many ways equal as far as a movie goes. The difference being... Shanae Grimes is just doesn't have that much spark whereas at least Jill Wagner like I was you know I was invested in her story even if the story is nothing uh so again it's not one I would start with it's not one you could watch it as a drinking game and you know drink to all the things I said if you so wish I'm not gonna stop you believe me uh but it's just you know I don't know I haven't this I haven't found the one yet to say to you people, watch this. Pour a lot of rum in your eggnog and watch this. We haven't gotten there. I'm still hopeful. Um, I don't want to say too much, but I will say it. Guys, it's not even December. So there's time and we're going to find it. Uh, In the end, enjoy your cookies. Yeah. 